So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. I would like to start this podcast by saying Mazel Tov to Adam Sandler's daughter, Sunny. What a hilarious, absolutely hilarious way to start a podcast. You know what? I actually think we should just move on and and leave them with that no context. <laughs> okay. So yesterday, Julie and I are on TikTok and we start seeing these videos of various celebrities at clearly this very star-studded event that looks a lot like a bat mitzvah and we cannot figure out what it is. Turns out, Julie figured this out, not me. It's Adam Sandler's daughter, Sonny's bat mitzvah. And so you have, you know, Josh Richards from TikTok, but also Jennifer Aniston, Charlie Puth, Taylor Lautner. It was quite the star-studded event that we were seeing through the eyes of 13-year-olds' TikToks. I need to come clean about something because, like, I know in the telling of the story, it seems like it was all over my For You page and Jennifer Aniston was constantly popping up and I was spending all day researching this. It so wasn't the case. Like for the first 25 videos on my feed, it was only Josh Richards. Like it was just me and Josh Richards at a bat mitzvah trying to figure out whose bat mitzvah it was. And then it ended up being Adam Sandler's daughter. And I only figured that out once it was like a real video of a compilation of celebrities. And then I saw some other, some other TikToks after that as well. But that is what's so funny that everybody that was there, which I get it, they're, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old kids, they completely buried the lead. It's like for them, the big moment was that Josh Richards is there and we happen to see Jennifer Aniston in the background. Like if that doesn't make you feel old, I don't know what does, because that was when I really had the very stark realization of like, oh shit, I am so far removed from what is considered like the most relevant pop culture to the younger generation. You know, it's so sad. Like, I clearly wasn't. I was getting all of the Josh Richards content fed to me. Like, in my eyes, Josh Richards was the star of this event. Like, it reminded me of the Entourage episode where it's Ari Gold's daughter's bar mitzvah and Vince gets to cut the challah. In my (laughs) mind, Josh Richards was, if you told me he cut that challah, I would be like, who taught Josh Richards Hamotzi? Because that makes 100% sense to me (laughs) based on what I'm seeing here today. Wait, I will not let you die alone here. Obviously, same, Julie. I'm not acting like I wasn't, you know, interested in seeing what he was doing there. It's not like I'm completely uninterested by the lives of TikTokers. I'm just saying to any of us to happen to catch a glimpse of Jennifer Aniston and Charlie Puth in the background feels backwards, although it was my reality as well. So you're not alone in this, I swear. Okay, good. I'm glad. I do prioritize, of course, the Jennifer Aniston of it all over everything. But you know what? When I saw her there, it felt so comfortable. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like seeing your friend's aunt at her bat mitzvah. Like, it was just like, oh, of course you're there. Like, nice to see you again. Let me tell you something. Something Julie and I have spoken about a lot 
off podcast for years now is just considering the possibility of whether or not there will be a Mason Disick bar mitzvah. And I would like to say Monday, May 9th, after seeing the content from Adam Sandler's daughter, I think that it's a very legitimate possibility. I know Mason's going to get in trouble for handing out his invitations at school. <laughs> Major Mason getting in trouble for going on Instagram Live energy. <laughs> Major. I just know, I, like, I've always, I've obviously been planning Mason's bar mitzvah in my head for a very long time. It always felt like kind of a pipe dream. And then once Scott started wearing those two, two Star of David necklaces around his neck, I was like, guess what, baby? It's go time. It's go time, though. That's what I'm telling you. I know that a very legitimate counterargument is the Kardashians are a very religious family. Christianity is incredibly important to them. That is all true. However, clearly Judaism is important to Scott. And I think if Scott said to Courtney, I want to do this for Mason, when in our entire lifetimes have we seen the Kardashians turn down the opportunity for a party, specifically a Mindy Weiss party? It just doesn't happen. I feel like there's no way, there's no way Chris wouldn't want that to happen. She would be, oh my God, Chris out of is my new like vision board. I'm going to ask you something right now. Are you ready for this POV? Yeah. POV, you are the daughter of the dad that gets called up to the dance floor to be one of the men holding the chairs to lift up Chris Jenner. Stop. Stop it right now. POV, you're the one that gets called to snowball with Mason. No. <laughs> That's a story you tell for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. There's some 13-year-old that's going to go around to school the next day feeling like the coolest thing Sierra Canyon has ever fucking seen. No, not Sierra Canyon. <laughs> They're like, Bronny, we got a new coolest kid in school. <laughs> Stop. It's too niche. It's too good. I'm obsessed. Well, let's come clean here, which is that, you guys, I know last week it was the content of all content. Like we had the Met Gala. We had Kim in Marilyn Monroe's dress. There was a 20 minute analysis just on that before even getting into Pete. Like we really had it good. And then we have that killer Jersey reunion. So we had great content for the Bravo show. And then we had potentially the best episode in Kardashian history. So we were stacked and not for one second is my gratitude lost there. But this week, it's a little bit of a different story and we're slightly lacking in content. So I just... I just want to manage our expectations going in and letting everyone know it ebbs and flows. And this week, there's just not a hell of a lot going on, and that's okay. I feel like our personalities are going to make up for it. <laughs> Why? Because we're so chaotic right now. Yeah, like we just have like such clear chaotic energy. We just started a podcast that was basically like, hey, were you in the mood to watch Keeping Up with the Steins? Well, let's give you <laughs> an off-brand version of that that you can't watch and only listen to. Like, this is the place for you. Like, our energy is just a little all over the place today. And I think that's going to bode well for us in terms of uh, lacking in stories. Let me be honest with you. I think we probably just lost 20% of the listenership because of how niche that conversation was. Like, you think other people are planning the dance floor antics at Mason Disick's Mindy Weiss plan bar mitzvah? I, I just don't think so. But I hope, I hope. Please prove me wrong. If you're a real one, you are. So Mother's Day is coming up. And I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her, but I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. 
They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle. Like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the Viral Turquoise Tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, so getting into the first topic, which we honestly thought was going to be a much bigger story than it ended up being, it turned out to be relatively anticlimactic. But I'm sure you all saw ASAP releases this music video for his new song, DMB. And Rihanna's in it pre-pregnancy. And if you remember, back in July of last year, so last summer, we saw those paparazzi photos of them shooting something around the city. We didn't know exactly what it was. And now it turns out it's this video. But the reason it made headlines is because there's one scene where it looks like what would be kind of their wedding scene. He's wearing girls that say, marry me. And she's wearing a set of girls that say, I do. So people kind of thought that that was them announcing the fact that they're engaged. TMZ later reported that they're not engaged and it was just for the video. But for, I don't know, a solid few hours there, I really thought that that was the announcement. I thought so too. And I thought it would have been a really great way to announce that. Like I was very excited for that to be the possibility. No, me too. I thought that it was cool. I actually thought that it was pretty on brand for their relationship to do it in this like very cool kind of artistic way. But apparently that's not the case at all. I mean, I just think it's cool because I so vividly remember when those paparazzi photos of them in shooting this came out and then to see what it actually was. I was just going to say, like, it was really nice to get the product of what we had seen. And that's kind of how I feel about their relationship as a whole, where it's it's been so nice to watch it continuously progress before our eyes. I feel like we've really gotten such a nice sneak peek into their lives. From the time that we saw them in the city and we were like, oh, maybe they're dating, to then seeing this music video being shot, to them seeing them in Barbados, to then you know, pregnancy rumors flying around and then Rihanna confirming, like, it just feels like such a nice ride to be almost on board for. No, it does. And also for this video to come out after we had just seen all of these magazine features that they've done, like Rihanna's Vogue article was pretty intimate. You know, we got a, 
I would say, very firsthand account of the way she's feeling about him, the way that it all started, all of that. So to get all of that and then to see this, in my mind, I was like, yes, this is the culmination of what we've been leading up to. Turns out it's not the case. I mean, I still loved watching it because obviously seeing them interact is kind of addicting for me. Listen, I think that we'll get that engagement in that wedding soon. I think that everything they do is going to be very their own style and their own way. And that's why it wouldn't have been surprising to me at all had the end of this music video actually been a real proposal or a real like shot at, I wouldn't have said their wedding, but just a shot at something more that signifies the wedding would be happening. Like I wouldn't have been surprised because you're right. It would have been so on brand and on style for them. But I think that whatever we see as this relationship continues to progress in terms of engagement and marriage will be something that is on brand in that sort of a way. I'm not sure what it looks like yet, but I do believe that we'll get that. And I think that it'll be something that like, we're like, oh shit, that is amazing. And so them. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it right. If there's one thing we know about Rihanna, no disrespect to ASAP, if she's going to do it, she's going to do it right. And so he happens to be along for that ride as well. That must be a fun part about being a celebrity, which is just like the proposal can be as grand as you could possibly want it to be. Well, that's why I always find celebrity proposals really interesting to kind of analyze because realistically, for the majority of these people, money isn't an object. They can do the proposal in whatever way they want. And I think the way they choose to do it is so symbolic of that relationship. Like even with Courtney and Travis, everything, it made sense, even down to it being kind of performative. Like we talked about last week, how it was on, you know, this public beach. He didn't have to do it there. Yeah, it was their favorite spot, but he could have technically done it somewhere else. There's a part of that that they like. There's an aspect of the voyeurism that they appreciate, I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and then you look at Kim and Kanye's proposal and that was as on brand for the two of them as anything could possibly be. I mean, an entire stadium rented out, filmed for the show, everybody that they love, kind of there waiting for them. Lorraine Schwartz bringing the ring directly to Kanye at the stadium. Like, what an iconic proposal that was. Right, but think about it if we want to go on that track for a second. Whenever we get a Devin Booker-Kendall proposal, I would say 99% it's not going to be filmed for the show. We will, I'm sure, get some of it on Instagram, but I have to imagine it'll be far more intimate. Not, Not beautiful. I'm sure it'll be extravagant and beautiful, but completely different scale. Do you think that we're definitely getting um, a Devin Booker engagement? You mean like eventually? Yeah, like do you think that, like are you saying Devin Booker is 100% the person that Kendall's going to marry or at least be engaged to? I mean, I can't say 100%, but yeah, I would say that I lean in that direction. I don't know. It feels like she really, really likes him. Don't you kind of get that? No, I totally do. I was actually thinking about her phone background recently because we just got a glimpse of that and it's a picture of him in his jersey and it's just like an adorable picture. I have to say, and maybe this is kind of reaching, but what you're talking about is when she posted this screenshot of the Hulu notification saying there's a new episode to stream of Kardashian's Hulu, which was her way of doing promo. And it just so happened because of that, we saw her background, which obviously she knew was going to make headlines and it was going to be picked up, which is more press for the show, whatever. But I'm honestly kind of surprised by that. Like, not that that's her background, but that she showed it. Like, I always am surprised when Kendall shows something that to me I consider slightly intimate, even though technically a phone background isn't really intimate because anybody who gets access to your phone can see it. But I I don't know, for some reason, there was a part of me that felt like that was off brand for her. Yeah. It's like, it's not that intimate of an act to show your phone background, obviously, but there's something about Kendall who gives us so little of that, that it felt like, oh wow, like this personal item, her phone that you would never expect to see. She's not one, like 
in terms of the family where she's not one posting group chat screenshots on her story. She's not the one that's like posting, you know, photos from her camera roll and accidentally leaving the bottom part in. Like she's very meticulous in what she posts. And obviously that picture of the screenshot of the promo was still such a curated image, but it did. It felt weirdly intimate. It was like, here's this part of my life that I'm going to allow you to see that I wouldn't typically. And even though it was so small, I totally got that vibe as well. It's kind of crazy when you think about it though. Just, I know this is going off topic, but just follow my thought process here because this came to me as you were talking. When you think about the Kardashians, I mean, just by nature of the way they run their business, they're one of the more open or kind of exposed families, right? They have a reality show. We see so much of their everyday life. And in general, the way that they promote their businesses, we're seeing so much of their houses. We're in Kim's closet every single day on her Instagram stories. You're in Kylie's kitchen. Like You really feel like you get a sense. And it's honestly pretty impressive that Kendall has been able to carve out this spot in the family where she can benefit from that exposure, but still maintain her privacy. So she shares one screenshot of her phone background. And here we are saying it's intimate. Like, I know that Courtney is the one known for boundary. She's kind of coined that. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's honestly Kendall that has somehow created this boundary within being a Kardashian. Like somehow within her Kardashian gender identity, she still figured it out. Oh, it's 100% Kendall more than anyone else. Courtney, of course, has her boundaries, but one of the reasons that we associate that so heavily with her is because she's spoken about it so much and she's made it such a point. But I mean, we've gotten as much of Courtney's life and a glimpse into that as we've gotten from Kim and Chloe, if not more in the beginning seasons. There was just that one period of time where she just wasn't sharing as much towards the end of Kardashians. And so it is interesting because it's always that expectation that the three older girls are going to carry the show while Kendall and Kylie can kind of set their own boundaries and do things the way that they see fit because they were the ones that were almost forced into it from the start. So it's an entirely different expectation of the two sets of siblings. No, it is totally different. But even if you want to group just Kendall and Kylie together, forget about what the rest of the family expects them to show on the show. I'm talking just as the public. I think we have naturally expected a lot less in terms of exposure from Kendall than we have from Kylie. And honestly, that's to her credit. Like good for you to exist and benefit from being in the most famous family maybe in the world and somehow maintain that. I actually think it's kind of impressive. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, you want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you, and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so... I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. So you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Then the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Do you think there are celebrities that give us, not as much as the Kardashians, but give us as much as you could expect from a celebrity almost leaning towards how much the Kardashians give us? Like, for example, I would say Justin and Haley give us a lot. It's a really good question. And obviously I don't have a list in front of me, but I guess my answer would still be a resounding no, because anything that anyone else is giving us, whether it's lyrics, whether it's an artist that's super vulnerable in their music, which is totally a thing, or somebody like a, you know Demi Lovato or Justin, who does these really, I would say, intimate documentaries, none of that compares to then on top of it having a reality show. You know, and there's no one that's this famous that also has a reality show. There are reality stars. Like if you look at Bravo, Candy Burris, Teresa Judice, like they give us every ounce of their life, but they're not as famous in the same way. So no, I don't think there's any other A-lister that give us this type of glimpse into like the quote drama of their lives. I mean, do you? No, but like when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about it with the reality show removed. So it was almost like social specific, like who of all of the celebrities gives us the most look into their lives without having a reality show. So for example, like Justin and Haley, that's the one that always comes to mind. I don't have a list in front of me, obviously, but I think that as a couple, Gab Union and D-Wade give a lot. And also, not as much now, but before, I feel like Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, you got a lot of what was going on in their lives. Like I, I feel like you could pretty much know the layout of their living room, their kitchen, just from their Insta stories. Not to sound creepy, but like, I just feel like that was the reality. No, they did. And I think they still do give us a lot, definitely in terms of their lives um, inside their home, like their private lives, which is I really, I think the the bulk of what we're talking about here. Um, I would also say, and this is one that I still stand by being shocked by how much we get, but I think we get so much from John Mulaney and Olivia Munn in a way that I never, ever expected to. We've been saying that from the beginning, though. This is so not what we expected. Even on Mother's Day, when he posted that photo of her in the delivery room, which obviously was so beautiful to see, I just never thought that we'd get that kind of intimacy. But you know what? One, I think we were evaluating it based on the fact that he had always spoken about not wanting kids. So maybe we were looking at it through that lens. Second of all, we didn't know where they were going to end up with their relationship. Like there was for a while, we thought that they were broken up after she was pregnant. 
And honestly, he just wasn't that active on social. But I guess that I'm just looking at it through his lens because she is pretty active on social. I guess it comes down to the fact that I didn't know where their relationship stood. I think that too. But I think for me, what it is more than anything else is I think a lot of the times with celebrities, you see them kind of shy away when they're faced with like a certain amount of backlash. Like for example, this relationship was very uh, controversial from the start. I mean, the way that him and Olivia started his relationship with his ex-wife, the timeline of it all, like there was a lot of talk on the internet about this couple. And I feel like a lot of the times when you have couples like that, they tend to shy away from posting and kind of kneel to public scrutiny. And they've just completely done the opposite. They've posted in a way where they see fit and what works best for their family and what they want to do and what they want to share. And I think that's why I'm so surprised by it because I think it's such a powerful thing to be able to do. It is, I guess, the question that I ask, which doesn't really matter. I mean, you should post if you want to post regardless, but I wonder if like being more open about it is quote, helping to get the public on board, which again, like should never be the motivating factor. But we posted something. I, I think it was her post that he commented on. And our comment section like was not that kind towards them, which I actually think was a little bit unexpected for us. Like I felt like we thought that people were going to like them leaning into it and people actually seem to be still turned off by the relationship. And again, I think it's because they feel like he really betrayed his ex-wife. Again, this is these are like not my feelings, but that's just what I'm picking up on. No, that's what I was picking up on too. I think when there's a baby in the mix, it makes it easier. Like I think what something I've seen a lot of on Twitter is like people not really loving this relationship still, but liking to watch it unfold and liking to see John as a parent. But I don't know. It's just fascinating. Like the wide array of public opinions and how much it switches up person to person, just it'll never cease to fascinate me with every single celebrity. It is just so entirely different. Wait, I just went to look just to see if they happen to post anything since we had I know, you just posted. I was just, just formatting posted. it. <laughs> yeah, Olivia Munn, a single occupancy public bathroom that locks, a luxury for parents. And he comments, I have the same sweatsuit. Like, honest to God, this is a question that I would ask you whether or not we were recording. That's cute post, great comment. I, my normal reaction would say, let's solo it. But based on the reaction from last time, I'm like, maybe not. Like, it doesn't feel good to have a comment section of people just shitting on them, but also... Is it our responsibility to filter? What do you think? I don't know, but I love having this conversation live on air because something really funny to me is us having this conversation and then throwing it up in a roundup. It's like we interrupted the podcast for a roundup. What a treat. Are, that's what I'm, my question to you, though. Are we going to put it in a roundup? I would solo this. That's what I'm saying. I totally would solo it, by the way. And you want to know my reason? Because the sweatsuit's Fendi. Yes! <laughs> because it's light blue and Fendi, which are like my two kryptonites. Yeah, like, oh, we're not going to throw up their baby in a Fendi sweatsuit that John says he has a matching one of. No, I think that we kind of have to. I think we owe it to the baby. I think we owe it to Malcolm. And that kid is so cute. Adorable. Uh, like, that's a cute baby. I Listen, I could not agree more. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just... <laughs> gotten real close around here knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wear. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, 
the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, so you guys probably saw this, but there was a roughly three-minute clip that was released from Pete's stand-up set for Netflix is a Joke, the festival. And there were a few Kanye references, which obviously made headlines. And one of the things he said is that he hopes Kanye pulls a Mrs. Doubtfire. He's like, I come on one day and they're like, this is the new housekeeper. And he also was saying that people are asking him if he's upset that Jack Harlow and Kanye are working together. And he's like, of course I'm not upset. You know, Jack's my friend, but he's also a rapper. He's like, I'd be upset if all of a sudden Bill Burr was at Sunday service. And I I guess the thing is, it's not even about the jokes. It's about the fact that I was so curious how he was going to eventually address this in his standup. And so now we finally have this answer, at least one of them. Uh, getting that clip was like, Amazing because it was so typical P in the way that he delivered these stories and what he was talking about. And you almost forgot for a second that he was saying it because of the fact that he was dating Kim. And then he hits you with the Mrs. Doubtfire line and he says, like, I come home one day. And they're like, we have a new housekeeper. And then I was like, I come home. That is a crazy line to hear you say. That one really hit me. And also the fact that there's no world in which he said this without getting Kim's approval. Like this is not a Kanye situation where Kanye, as Chloe said in the last episode, would take these stances where he would go on stage and say all these things and then he would basically have to come home and Kim would have to deal with it. There was a warning here for sure. You know, it's in a very different way, but obviously one of the things we always talk about the Kardashians is hearing the news stories and then getting the behind the scenes look at it. There's something really interesting when you see that in somebody's stand-up as well. And you see that a lot of the times with Pete because his 
private life is so public and then his stand-up is his art. And so in his last Netflix special, so much of that was about the Ariana breakup and his friend saying to him, I mean, we've got a viral TikTok sound of it. Like, you know, that shit was catchy talking about the song. Thank you next that Ariana wrote and joking about how like, you know, everyone says that he has a big dick and she said it, but like everything looks big compared to her small hands. So there is that aspect of being a stand-up comedian, especially when your private life becomes public in the way that Pete's has, where you do get a little bit of the behind the scenes of that. It's such a good point because it really is a behind the scenes, but in a very different way. And honestly, going back to John Mulaney for a second, that's exactly how I felt when I was watching his stand-up and he was talking about the intervention. Because obviously he was saying it in such a comedic way, but this was the exact thing that was making headlines a few months ago. And now you're getting the actual behind the scenes, but delivered in the form of entertainment. It's honestly almost better than the show in a way. <laughs> no, that's how I feel too. And it's also this really funny thing that happens when comedians make that switch, not always, but the really big ones make that switch from like, you know, comedian to mainstream A-list celebrity to the point where like the people who come to their shows are obviously there as their fans, but they're also there to kind of hear the things that they're going to talk about that they already know about. And you're so right with the John Mulaney of it. Like even just when he was on Seth Meyers and obviously an interview is very different than a standup special. You're kind of telling your own story, but he delivered it in such a comedic stand-up way, but he was really telling us that information that we were dying to know about. Well, to go back to the earlier discussion about your average A-list celebrity not having a reality show to kind of give the public the behind the scenes and walk them through what happened, unless you're releasing a formal statement or you want to sit down and do some sort of a formal interview, you're probably going to deliver whatever happened in your life, either in your art form. So if you're an artist, maybe in the form of your lyrics or in like a kind of funny way on a late night show. That's a very legitimate way that a lot of people tell these stories that then become like larger than life stories. And it's really great for them because one, they're in control of the narrative. Two, if they do it in a funny enough way, it does go viral. So in addition to just making headlines, it also like becomes a part of pop culture and, and turns almost into a meme. But it's all really a way of controlling the narrative. It's just like the different form of expression. Totally. And it's interesting even when uh, artists do it in a song, because it's less upfront. Like it almost sends you on a little bit of a scavenger hunt when you're listening to a song from an artist and you know there's a certain thing going on in their lives. Obviously, I don't mean like Ariana talking about, you know, her exes and she names them by name. That's entirely different things. But every so often, like The weekend will give you a glimpse of a line that you think is maybe about Bella or like, you know, when Justin and Selena were dating and going through their breakup, like a glimpse of a line that may have been about her. Like you do get that to a certain extent, but it's in such a different art form that you almost have to use your own mind to kind of connect the dots. And so when somebody's standing on stage and they're delivering it to you as a stand-up, it's like, that's what stand-up is. It's a story. And a lot of the times it's about their own lives. And so it's not surprising to get that. Like, I'm not surprised to hear that Pete's material is so much about Kanye now because that is just the relevant part of his life. But still to be able to connect the dots between like the story you're telling and what I actually know from seeing it in the news will always be interesting to me. Totally. And I honestly sometimes wonder what the set would look like if he wasn't in the relationship with Kim that he was. You know, it's not just her saying to him, please, I want to keep the peace. I'm sure he is very aware of how delicately he has to kind of walk this line. You know, what he says in a joke, like, is it really worth what could potentially go down at home for him? Probably not. But just fun to hypothesize if all bets were off what he would be saying. Not that I think it would be disrespectful in nature, but I do think that it would probably be maybe more detailed. That's thing number one. Second of all, far lower stakes and 
significantly more trivial. But to your earlier point about like seeing what's in the mind of an artist, pretty fun way to find out that Jack Harlow has a thing for Dua Lipa. We all have a thing for Dua Lipa. But come on, what a line. I know. Wait, also, I'm sorry. I just have to go back to your point from before. Is it a hot take if I say to you that I don't think that Kim is like pre-approving every joke that Pete tells? Like, I don't think he's running it by her. I think she says to him, I trust you. I think you know where the line is. Don't do anything that like is going to make things really difficult for me. Not that you wouldn't anyway, but like it's your art form and I'm not going to police that. I really don't think that he's running it 100% by her before he performs. Okay, so where I stand on it is that I don't think she's saying you have to run this by me at all, especially watching the way she was on SNL. Like she respects comedy as an art form and she knows this is his thing. That's like his main source of income. This is his career. Like do your thing. I don't think she's policing the material. I very much think that she trusts him. At the same time though, I totally could see him saying, I just want to, I just want to run this by you. And like she's obviously willing to sit there. I don't think she's forcing him. I honestly think it's maybe more on him that he wants to just like say it out loud for her before he does it. Do you think there's a a reality for that? Yeah, that I think is more likely the case. Like I think that the SNL point was a great point too, because she gets how it goes and she understands jokes. And also when you've been married to Kanye for as many years as she was, I think you also understand the concept of just like, it's your art. You have to do what you're going to do. I'm not going to stop you. I just think that like what it signifies for their relationship more than anything else when you're talking about Kim and Pete is just like she trusts him and he respects her. And the combination of those two things means that if he wants to tell a joke and he's like, maybe I shouldn't say it, but I kind of feel good about it. I think that he may give her the courtesy of saying like, what do you think about this? Or like, I just want you to hear it because I want your your opinion on something because your opinion means a lot to me, but I don't think he's sitting here being like, I better tell her before I go on stage and do this. Otherwise it's going to really create issues. Like I think he very much knows where the line is and she very much is like, you do your thing. I trust you. Yeah. And he trusts himself. No, it's totally. Yes. That's kind of where I stand in it. Wow. Talk about a question I want to ask her. To be clear, no world do I think that ever that she's policing everything. She, there's just, Kim, remember our point a few weeks ago about like, Kanye and Kim respecting each other as business people or as like, you know, whatever in their own respective careers. Right. Yeah. Very similar thing here. There is no way that Kim is going to let her drama with Kanye get in the way of, of Pete, like doing what he's known for. There's just no way. But I, yeah, it's, uh, that's such a good point though, like about their comfort and their trust within one another. I really do think that it's just there on like a, a far more inherent level. You know what's funny that I think about often is what his stand-up looks like if and when they break up. I can't even think about that. Not because I would be distraught. I think he truly would be distraught. I think so too. I think that if they ever did break up the way that I see it, I I can't believe I've gotten to the point in this whole conversation where I'm using the words, if they ever did break up, I cannot believe it came out of my mouth. Wait, Julie, I was like, I was going to interrupt you. That's how taken off guard I was. I was going to be like, wait, come again? I mean, I don't feel confident in throwing the like, well, when they inevitably break up as I would have three, four months ago. But like, I definitely can't say if they ever. I, so I don't know what the term for in between those two things are, but it's got to be something. But I guess if there is a breakup, I think that it would be done with so much respect and it would just be like a a mutual understanding of their time together coming to an end almost. And so I think that, of course, he would be distraught and upset and all of those things. But of course, he would then channel that into his art and his work. And I think that 
the way that he would go about doing that would obviously be in such a respectful way. But to recap the time of dating Kim Kardashian while she was going through a divorce with Kanye, to recap that on the other side of dating her would be like a whole other ball game of stand-up comedy. No, I mean, that material is something that I can't even fathom. But you know, it's crazy, even though I was just shocked when you said, if I'm having a hard time right now envisioning that because, but that's just because we're so in it. Like, especially this week, you know, we are still recovering from the Ripley's video where she's holding on to him and then telling him to take off his two hats in case they ever want to do anything with that photo. I know. It's like a high that we're still coming off of. I totally feel it. It's like hard to think on the other side of it when you're balancing like the logic of what you believe is going to happen versus like the emotion of being in it in the moment. Like I'm not going to cut their relationship short anymore. Like I, I'm too invested now. No, I'm having the time of my life. And you know what? She's having the time of her life. That clip from the red carpet, just the entire experience and her, like her entire aura, she had such light energy. And I, I think that Kim has the potential to be very intense and there's nothing wrong with that. But for her own sake, she just seemed so happy. Like to not have to be is such a, I feel for her is such a blessing. It's so funny because I feel like ever since Pete and Ariana broke up, there's been this void that I've been trying to fill in terms of like crazy celebrity relationships to be overly invested in. And like, and the only thing that's filling that void is Pete and Kim in a relationship. I- but never in our wildest dreams. And you know, there are a few people that when we had that initial conversation of who's Kim Kardashian going to date, they DM'd us Pete and they were right. So for those of you who saw this before any of us, you you dream that shit up. I think that if we said it, and I think I almost one time said it as a joke or like maybe not even on the podcast, but to you, like entirely joking, like I think that if somebody else did say that as well, it wasn't like a serious thought of like, oh, they would be really compatible and get along and date. It would almost be the same idea that we still have, which is like, hmm, Pete Davidson, where does he go up from here? I bet he dates Kim Kardashian. Ha ha. And that's how this relationship for the first six months of it. What are we at now? Oh my God. Like, are we like, no, it's gotta be less than six months for the first two months of it, I would say, because we're almost at six months for the first two months of it. That's what it felt like. It felt like somebody was like pranking us because it was like, where could Pete possibly go from here? Oh, I know where he goes. Kim Kardashian, which just seemed improbable. We are, I just calculated while you were talking, we're seven months from SNL. So probably exactly six months if they started, let's say a month after, because in this episode, October 17th was Courtney and Travis's engagement. And like, let's say, you know, that next week they were most likely confirmed together. So we are literally at the six month mark, but somehow it feels like it's so much longer. On some levels, it feels shorter. And on some levels, it feels so much longer. I can't wait for this episode to come out where we get to play by play of how this happened. I'm literally bursting at the seams waiting for it. But we're not going to get it this season, are we? Or you think we are? Yes, of course. Yeah. About yeah, Kim are. and Pete? Yeah, We're okay, we are. Sorry. There. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> okay, okay. No need to yell. <laughs> I just, I just, why are you just so like, why are you like, why would you say that? <laughs> I don't know. No, I think I was thinking of like most recent, like Met Gala stuff, but that would be a next season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to alarm it. <laughs> in case anyone's listening and you're driving, everything's fine. For the past four years, Lil John, yes, that Lil John, has been reimagining his own spaces with home improvement star Anitra Mekadon. 
And spoiler alert, he's really good at it. Now, John and Anitra are taking on clients confined by convention and pulling them out of their comfort zone. The end result is an entirely reinvented house, the kind that could only come from the unrestrained mind of Lil John. Initially, their clients discover the duo by reaching out to Anitra, an award-winning Atlanta-based interior designer, but they soon discover that she doesn't work alone. She's a secret design weapon, and his name is Lil John. Together, John and Anitra empower homeowners to ditch their preconceived notions, blow up their space, and create something entirely new. It's never safe. It's never boring. Catch Lil John Wants to Do What? Mondays at 10, 9 central on HGTV. One other thing I wanted to mention, which isn't really news, but the house that Kylie is in in Turks and Caicos right now, for anybody who is unaware, I'm going to put the link in the description because this one will really knock you out. It is a mega villa called the Tranquility Villa, $43,000 a night. One more time for dramatic effect, $43,000 a night, 11 bedrooms, 23 bathrooms, yoga pavilion, spa, sauna, full gym, tennis and basketball courts, full service staff, butler, concierge, private chef. And uh, it's, you know, it's not the first time we've seen this one. It's also apparently a favorite of Drake's, but I just, I just wanted to highlight it because this, this feels exactly like an episode of The Fabulous Life of. No, that house is insane. And you know what? It's going to be up for grabs a little bit more now that I believe that Drake is building his own property. Mm-hmm, I know. Talk about something Omaze should get in on. That is something people would bid on. Top dollar for for sure. And then on top of this insane Turks and Caicos villa and this trip that they're on, they come back and we get the glimpse into Kylie's Mother's Day with one of the most gorgeous flower setups I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? That was what? one of the fir- that was one of the first times when I've seen a Kardashian post flowers and feel like they were genuinely impressed. Don't get me wrong, I'm impressed every time, but I feel like this is something they're really jaded to. Like absolutely no one in the entire United States of America goes through flowers in the way that this family does. I felt like that was a floral display that Kylie took a step back and was like, damn. And for her to say that, just, it feels special. I think so too. Also, I thought Courtney's flower display was beautiful. Travis really kills it on the florals. He just knows what he's doing. He's just just a good guy. Travis Barker, he's a good man. True. True. Well, <laughs> like, honest to God, I just blacked out the entire time. I have no idea what we said. I just know that we started with Adam Sandler's daughter's bat mitzvah. And we ended up at Travis Barker being a good man. That actually seems very par for the course. That that yeah. makes that trajectory of the episode makes sense to me. By the way, Adam Sandler, Travis Barker, same energy. Different fonts, same energy. Yes, <laughs> different <laughs> fonts, same energy. That's hilarious. Just like being a stand-up guy. Yeah, it's like being a good guy and like a good dad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> good talk. Okay. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Even honestly, the, I mean, thank you as always for listening, but thank you for listening on weeks like this when we know the content is kind of lacking and we're really just here bullshitting with each other about various pop culture things. The fact that people listen to that, uh, I think is something we're still wrapping our heads around and we're just really grateful. So thank you so much. And we'll see you for Bravo and Kardashians. We love you guys. Thank you.